0: Friends. Laura Johnson here with Tickle.Life, and this is Mindful Sex Ed Back to Basics. This is the podcast where we break up myths and build up facts about sex. And as always, I am joined by my incredible co-host, the Tickle.Life in-house sex educator, Lulu Batista. So, this is actually part two of our interview with adult performer Jay Smooth, so if you haven't checked out part one, please do so. I don't want to reveal too much, but... Jay does an amazing job with this interview and has a lot of really interesting things to share about the adult industry. So without any further ado, let's get into it.
1: As we go on and we talk about, let's talk about what are some things, what are your favorite things about working in the porn industry for you? Like what are the things that bring you joy about knowing that this is your work that you're doing?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that has evolved over the years at first it was this this whole excitement to be part of the industry that I've never thought I would be able to be part of mm-hmm. uh, and, and being part of certain productions meeting these people uh, performers uh, uh, creating relationships with them and, and you know and, and and friendships with some um, I like the mixture of people in this business because those people are very unique they have very uh, Various backgrounds they have uh, a different education level they some of them are incredibly intelligent and, and spiritual deep people some of them are not like you can meet anybody in this business and definitely not a stereotypical empty head only like right. some people think and discriminate those right oh mm-hmm. you have nothing in your life that's why you did this I mean yeah. no most yeah. people actually especially women these days choose to do this type of work because that's an empowering work for them and yeah. some people might disagree but, you know, I understand that and I, and I respect that. And to me, women, were always partners and always partners. So I, I treat them with respect. And, and, and I think the, the biggest reward of being in an industry is like that when you can uh, inspire others, fulfill your sexual fantasies and, and, and maybe take the crowd with you, like, you know, make people mm-hmm. feel something, like any actor and any person in, in the art and the community You touch people's hearts, minds, you stimulate them, you make them excited about something, you make them fantasize about something. Maybe you would enhance their life, their sex life. Mm -hmm. Maybe you inspire them with something. I'm not saying that you have to do some kind of reverse standing 69s positions (laughs) in your your bedroom, but if you want to try something like this for a second, you're going to see that this is not probably the most comfortable thing you want to do. But if that excites you and, and stimulates you that you actually want to have sex with your partner, and, and or, or, or feel good about whatever, mm-hmm. I think that's the most the rewarding experience of, of you know, all mm. time. time. That's, that's nice. incredible.
0: So kind of going on with that, what are some of like the biggest highlights or proudest moments that you've had during your time in the industry?
2: I think that the, the biggest, the, the proudest moments in a sense, and the biggest reward is for a male performer, like I said at the beginning, is to be constantly working because mm. that's the biggest validation for any male performer. It's not about awarding them with something or, 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 or you know, being glorified with something, somebody. It's just that the produ- production, producers, directors consider you in the rotation, and those rotations lists are very small. They mm. usually use few guys and men for their productions, and they pretty much rotate them all the time because they know what to expect from them. They know that they're going to have an easy day. It's going to be a good day. You know that this guy can handle... Uh, a lot of pressure can know what he's doing can handle uh, dealing with different characters because you know some of the some of the stars in the business are with a very star mentality so you got to learn how to deal with them <laughs> it's not the easiest way to do sometimes so yeah I think that was that was that that's been something like um, that validates the male uh, performer the most because that's actually you know you. You are being respected for your work, and everybody knows that, and and that proves it.
1: Mm. That's that's an amazing point because again, you know, and it's good to hear that because I was I've known me and my husband why it, why I got the same people. There's nobody else to sign up for this scene. And so now to understand and to hear that again on that back end, you get you understand more what it is. I mean, you put in your work, they appreciate what it is you're doing. They Know they can work with you without little direction and that you're doing an outstanding job in what you're doing, so yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah. Everyone
1: likes something shiny, but to know you're gonna be keeping getting that phone call sounds much, much better. I'm very much sure, <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. That's that's for the male performer. I, I guess you know that the perspective is different because you know, like I said, if you ask a female star in this business, uh, she probably will tell you completely different things, but that's because there's a very different job specificity here. Mm-hmm. Between Absolutely. Okay.
1: Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah.
0: So what are some of um, your goals that you would like to accomplish while in the industry? And do you have any other career goals beyond being a part of the adult
2: industry? Um, I uh, stepped away from shooting a lot of uh, professional productions uh, mm-hmm. in the last year plus um, because I've shot so much. And then I, I wanted to have a perspective on this industry from a little bit of, you know, because I was involved with so much. I I had so much work that it was just, it takes a toll on you too, mentally and physically. So I always like to keep balance. That's Mm -hmm. one. Second, I uh, shot so much, like I said, and experienced so much in the business. So it it became something that became too automatic for me in certain, certain senses. So now I'm just picking very, very selectively projects that I wanted to engage with. Uh, whether with directors, performers, there are bigger feature or something that is more interesting to me. Uh, val- it, 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 I value my time also very much, so I prefer if I if I do something in the business, I like to do it on my own or for my own production and mm-hmm. cater to my own fan base. Because okay. now I have this, we have this way of, of, of engaging directly with fans, mm-hmm. and we know exactly what they want and uh, and what I'm comfortable doing too. And who I choose to work with, and vice versa. So I think that right. brings way more control for performers versus just, you know, uh, you being thrown there. And then, you know, if you say no or you don't disagree, then you might be forgotten because oh, this this person is a troublemaker. Or I don't want to deal right. with that, with this personality. Let's mm-hmm. move on, right? Now we have more choices. So I think that's that's something that I that I prefer to focus on yes,
0: mostly, yeah. and that's good. Yeah, that's great. Um, So kind of going to the fan engagement, um, you have a really active Twitter and Mm -hmm. you're, you know, (laughs) um, so how have you been able to build up that fan connection and use social media to your benefit? Because like, as we said before, the censorship on social media is really difficult for anyone who's working in any part of the sex industry from education Mm -hmm. to sex work. So yeah, how, how have you been able to navigate that and cultivate such a strong
2: following? It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's very difficult. At the beginning, it was, uh, you know, everybody who starts in this business, we all try to put our name out there so we can gather some audience because nobody would know about us un- unless they see, you know, that, yeah. that we appear somewhere. So definitely there is this curve of, of, of putting yourself out there, working, making your name but then, um uh, the engagement, yeah, I used to be very engaging with uh, with my fans, but then yeah I, i've I've went through the those periods of shadow banning, which is the mm-hmm. um, basically you can find me in search results, you can find all my impersonators, but you cannot find mm-hmm. my account, and that happens to many many people. we cannot get verified right. because of the industry, nobody wants to talk about it loud uh why this happened over many many years now because we have we live in an era where there's a frontal attack on everybody like you mentioned whoever puts towards sex whether it's for educational purposes entertainment whatever that is that's mm-hmm. evil that's bad we need to ban it we can keep shooting people killing people that's fine but sex is the most lethal and deadly sin that exists in the minds of some people which i never understand maybe because i wasn't born here Right. But I'm trying to, to fight with this, with reason and with uh, uh, appearing, for example, being here, trying to speak to audiences that are more receptive understanding of what it is, really, what mm-hmm. we're doing and mm-hmm. why is it important. And if you don't like it, you don't have to watch it. Like right. I always say that if you don't like horror movies, don't watch them, but don't try to forbid them for others to enjoy Just have a healthy relationship with any entertainment, right? The same thing with violence. And, you know, violence is okay, but sex is bad. Sex creates life and positivity, but violence, I guess, there's more tolerance for that. Mm -hmm. My personal personal view. It's very difficult to build following, very difficult to engage these days. I protect my Twitter because there's also a lot of bots and a lot of... um, Mm -hmm a lot of uh, uh, issues in social media these days more than when i when i when i i think i have my twitter since 2013
0: mm-hmm.
2: and it was way more a free open place back mm-hmm. then where you could actually feel that 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 it was a, it's some kind of a freedom of speech you know happen now it's being very yeah it's been censored you know it's i developed the fan base because i am. Um, a, a, a it's not a huge one but it's a one that is very loyal it's it's they you know i um i think the way you are in this industry the message that you that you project to people attract the type of people that you want to attract absolutely if you if you are you know constantly unhappy and, and kind of making that 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 you know visible in in your space you also attract that kind of people i value people's time and their engagement and and I know that this is uh, something that they want to follow because they want to feel better about whatever mm-hmm. they're dealing with in their life. So that's why if I have a bad day I don't have to share that with everybody but because mm-hmm. I'm Jay Smooth I'm bringing you smile I'm bringing you joy. This is what I want to do. What you know if I can do that I'm happy. So I think those fans Appreciated that over the years. They've been with me for for a long time. Some of them longer than the others, and uh, and and it's been a really tight group that gradually grow grow we're growing. But I didn't really push for that too much. I didn't want to be all over the place or try to push for popularity at all costs. Never been like that. Always mm-hmm. focused on what I do, and that's how I am as a performer. I. I I want to do my job to the best ability. I want to make people happy. And then if that uh, brings smiles and joy on other people's faces, then I'm happy about it. But I'm not trying to push and go, yeah, you're going to like it. It's just, you know, I put so much work to this, you know. Or like promoting it crazily, you know, everywhere. Yeah, no, that's not that's not for me. I'm, I'm more, more private. <laughs>
1: Good. That's nice. Yeah. So on an educational standpoint, how do you feel about pornography as an educational tool for people?
2: Hmm. No, and this is a difficult topic for me because, like I said before, I perceive mostly pornography as entertainment. And I know that a lot of um, feminists and other lot studios that I work for from that perspective, I even had an argument about that. Uh, they want pornography to be educational tool, and I I think it, it it can be, but I would not diminish or or downgrade pornography for not being In an ed- educational tool. Actually. I think what, what we should do is educate our young people that this is entertainment. This mm-hmm. is not real sex. This is not how real sex looks like. It might look like this, but but there's way more to it. Like you mentioned before, Lulu, yes. right? You said that you cannot stand watching like, oh, this woman is ready to get rammed like crazy without any foreplay, of course she's ready, you know, it's unrealistic. That's true, of course, it's unrealistic. That's why it has to be explained this way. Because, you know, we have a young generation and I remember when I was growing up, like I wasn't even taught anything about sexual education school. Exactly. I had to learn myself, right? I have mm-hmm. to figure it out. So. You know, some people just follow what they see and they think, oh, I'm going to show you a good time because this guy there in the video around he's like this, and I'm going to show you. Like this girl's like, my well, god, I'm terrified, right? You know, don't do this to me. Just like so easy. And those misunderstandings in, in many people's minds are coming from lack of understanding what is, what is sex about, you know? Like you can do yeah. so much with your partner. You can do craziest things. Mm -hmm. as long as you're ready for this as long as you're consenting to this and you communicate with each other you know i always tell my partners even on sets hey what you don't want to do absolutely what you're not comfortable with doing you know if i see that you know talk to me communicate with me you know whisper you know if i do something a little bit too hard hold me you know tighter so i know i'm gonna adjust i read body language pretty well but you know, I always give that respect. The same thing when in in your personal life. Like mm-hmm. you can do so much. You can do crazy stuff. But just make sure that you're both ready for this. Mm-hmm. And 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 you know, and you have mutual respect for that.
1: Yes, that you get a gold star for that statement right there. That's a 100%. Gold star. Yeah, it's
0: mm-hmm. it's really great to hear that you take that extra step to make your co-stars feel mm-hmm. really comfortable on set cuz like, you know, it's not always the most hospitable environment to speak up. Um, when things are uncomfortable, so that 's like so wonderful to hear and and I think our audience really would appreciate that because again they don 't know everything that goes on behind the scenes yeah and and how that all works so
2: yeah that 's really amazing'm um, i 'm I'm way thank you i 'm way more comfortable speaking about those issues right now because i you know i i don 't feel like you know like anybody could retaliate on me or something when I was a younger performer and earlier in the industry um I didn't like a lot of things that I've seen and I spoke about them to some people, but I knew that if I was going to speak publicly about it and make a big deal, I'm going to be blacklisted. I'm going to be, you know, put on the side now. There you go. You know, I, like I say, I'm more, I'm more independent in in that sense. I don't need anybody's approval. I don't need anybody's uh, green light to, to tell me that, Oh, you know, we're going to blacklist you or not. You know, I just basically don't want to work with people like this because I don't like that they, um, promote and, gr- and, and, and and gratify people for bad behaviors. There were a few scandals with some male performers over the years who were misbehaving completely, and they were being rewarded by those huge organizations with awards, with, with nominations, because they sell good, because people love right. this content, right? right? But nobody cared about the ethical aspect of it or how they treated their their co-stars and so forth. I mean, people cared, but, you know.
1: Yeah, and, I, and we can all say that's been seen throughout anything, really entertainment in the celebrity aspect. We can say, you know, that's been a thing all over, and, exactly. you know, hopefully things will slowly be changing. Um, I do have a, not a part of any of our questions, but this <laughs> is something I've always... I'm just trying to figure it out. I don't even know if you know the answer. But for me myself... What's with the white couches all the time? I just need to know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Uh, well, uh, let me tell you something about those things. You know, there was a, there was even this concept of casting couch first, right? You know, mm-hmm. that, that you basically bring a brand new a female performer who is brand new and and mm-hmm. and, and you trying to see if she's going to be good in this business, right? So like, stereotypically, yes. that evolved there from that couch. But those white couches, I think. Uh, it's because there the, there's s- several locations that have been used in this business more than the others and they have a specific uh, furniture setups and i think that just became so it's it's basically it became such a such it became so easy to shoot a scene on a couch because you can do so much with it and i guess white couches are make you know more neutral as a background they don't distracting <laughs> that much that's why you you, you focus on the action, right? I don't
1: know. (laughs) It's kind of distracting for me. Like, I would love to see a yellow couch, maybe. (laughs) Like, you know, a nice blue one. I know not a black one because staining is crazy, but it's like, oh, this white couch.
2: (laughs) But you see, but you're a a woman. You're watching it from a female perspective. Um, My my, uh, uh, work mostly was dedicated to production studios over the years that were mostly, 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 mostly dedicated to men's audience. Mm-hmm. And it was a completely different Yes, there's like this 10 15%, maybe 20 later on that it's more uh, broader audience. That's why there are <laughs> different comments. But I, I'm sure that most of the males that watch those scenes, they, they couldn't care less about the, <laughs> the couch than I, anybody.
1: You know, me and my husband, again, we do our porn commentary so we sit together and be like look at that why did they move that? why are we doing this so he's also like why the white couch i'm like i don't know like it out. <laughs> why the white carpet like why are we doing this my mind is on cleanup like who's cleaning this after that's my thought process again yeah, yeah. there's said, there's
2: there's a lot of cleaning cleanup, involved too right
1: yeah. the female perspective. <laughs> like, get It gets it's like clean mode like who's taking care of this after like what is happening like why are we doing this <laughs> Spillage. Stop.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of what's happening. There's a lot that's happening behind the scenes, of course. Yeah, especially the bigger the studios, the bigger the productions, and uh, there's more crew, more people that are responsible for a lot of things: props, cleaning, uh, organizing. Imagine a mainstream set, movie set, mm-hmm. and uh, and but just with this type of content, which is uh, yes. yeah, which involves you know basically shooting uh, people having sex and. Uh, Sometimes they're having simulated sex. Sometimes they're having a real penetrative mm-hmm. sex. It's uh, Sometimes the days were really long. I think mm-hmm. that then I spent maybe six, seven hours max having sex during the day, uh, mm-hmm. which is um, very, very difficult to do.
1: <laughs> yes, it is. For all, for all the people listening oh. now and later that keep saying, oh, oh I want to have sex all night. Jay is here to tell you it is not. Exciting as you think it is to be having sex all night. (laughs) No, no, no. no. I know. (laughs) Rehearsed or not. It's not that glamorous to be having sex all night. People Mm -hmm. are thirsty, they got a leg cramp. Like, we're just not doing it. And by the way, I did find the one that I enjoyed. It's called Small Blonde Deep Throats Her Neighbor.
0: sorry that title am, is just uh, so straight to the point
2: no yeah the <laughs> titles is another thing right the titles yeah. are ridiculous in some of those movies i know <laughs> i know yeah. well i i don't remember this one particularly don't but worry
1: we're gonna send it. It, we, we it to you so you'll be like oh okay, okay. <laughs> but let me tell you something i'm gonna be honest with you i've watched quite a bit and i've never like you put in work because it was like sweat like glistening I feel like you oh, had yeah. ran a marathon, or somebody turned off the AC on you. It was like, "Oh, he is—he is putting that work on here." Your head was just wet. I was like, "Okay, there's real work happening here." Oh yeah, I, I
2: yeah, I, I, I go all <laughs> in. I go low <laughs> in. So, through my work. <laughs> oh,
0: all right. Well, we want to be respectful of your time, um, and I know you might have to go soon. So, um, do you have any final thoughts about the industry or your experience before we wrap up?
2: Well, I uh, I wish there would be more uh, people like both of you which, uh, <laughs> cool. you know, who discusses those issues in and, and a very civil, open way. Um, I wish more performers would have a chance and opportunity to speak to the general public about this job and this industry and be actually respected by the fact that not only, like I see sometimes documentaries and movies where mm-hmm. You don't even invite those people from the business they just create stories about them and then yeah. there is a bunch of experts that speak about it without really people from the business mm-hmm. i wish there would be more performers and people uh from from the adult space to be invited to university schools maybe sexual education yeah. classes that could speak about what this is simulated what is the difference between real sex and film sex that you see, maybe there's the only uh, way you learn about sex is because of those videos, but you have to understand Mm -hmm. that this is not real and why it's not real. What is good about it? What is bad? That's what I strongly, and I strongly hope that we're going to finally evolve as a society in 21st century, that we'll be accepting sex, sexuality, nudity as part of human nature, like the ancient Greeks and Romans did already long, long time ago. (laughs) And, uh, it's about time to normalize people having sex because everybody does. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. No, some of us maybe you know the the, the <laughs> phenomenon of the nature, the, the the technology and medicine. But generally speaking, this is not something that is bad. Even if it's something that is maybe more outrageous for some people, it's still a part of entertainment, which you don't have to watch if you are not, you know, into that. Yeah. That's what I strongly, strongly hope that. Whatever I've done in this business and whoever I touched and inspired uh, with who I was and and for all those years who I've been and and what I continue to do in the future would uh, help with that, with with, with this, what I just talked about. That's what I, that's my hope.
0: That's absolutely incredible.
1: Um, You can always come to one of my workshops. So, you know, you always
0: and and i am in academia and you know might be teaching at some point soon so (laughs) we'll bring you in as a guest that would be amazing all right so um that's all (laughs) uh sorry that's all she is just listen
1: before we go she is just like swooning right now okay like you have just made her whole entire year. we're just gonna let we're just gonna put that out there. Don't be shy about it, Laura. This is mental health awareness month. This is masturbation sure. month. We have to go. All, this is all helping all those things for us right now. You got
2: to You gotta keep masturbating. Gotta keep masturbating. You will not die from it. You only gonna feel better. I mean, no, you will
1: not. And make sure you have lube, 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 lube. Yes, lube, lube, lube. absolutely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right everyone so that's all for this episode of mindful sex ed thank you so much for joining us and thank you jay smooth for being here and sharing all of your wisdom this was truly a delight um if you have a question that you'd like us to answer please email us at podcast at table.life, or reach out to us on our social media accounts we are on twitter at mindful sex ed pod and on instagram at mindful sex ed podcast If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening. Reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify are particularly helpful in getting us out there. Sharing is caring. So please send this episode or any of our episodes to a friend. And lastly, check out all the podcasts on the Tickle.life network. And visit Tickle.life for all of your mindful sex ed needs. And
1: check out all of Jay's
0: work. Yes, check out all of Jay's work. We're going to drop all of the socials everywhere to find him in the show notes. So goodbye everyone. And we will see you next week.
2: Thank <laughs> you. Have a wonderful masturbation month. Right? Yes. Yay. <laughs> Bye.